want a bit of the quiet life. I want a bit of self-indulgence. If there is reading, give me all of it. Join the show on the Microbrew Radio. Listen to Jim, Wendy, and Emily. Join in the conversation. I want to hear it. I want to read it. I want to And good evening. Welcome, everybody, to Microbrew Radio's weekly book show, Shelf Indulgence. Uh, my name's Wendy Darkos, and my co-host for this evening is Emily Pallet. And tonight, we're going to be discussing the book that we have chosen, which is a book called Sweet Bean Paste. Now, this was um, a recommendation of one of our um, one of our other presenters, um, Abigail, and uh, she was absolutely bowled over by the book, so we put it on the list, and um, and so we're reading it. We've read it this week. I'll just give you a quick synopsis of what it's about. So this is about uh, a Japanese man called Sentaro, um, and really, he's got a bit of a rubbish life. He's got a criminal record. He drinks too much. Um, he did have a dream once of being a, a, a writer, um, but he, he lost his way and he spent some time in prison. Um, and and actually, he's come out and he's just keeping things ticking over by spending his days making a sweet Japanese pastry called dorayaki. Um, and it's the story about him and how when an older woman who is actually quite disfigured comes into his life how it changes everything for him so I think that's a uh, is that a reasonable synopsis Emily have I missed anything out I would think so okay so maybe leave uh, things until spoiler alert <laughs> okay so do you want to give us a uh, do you want to give us your views about the book um overall I enjoyed it I gave um a three out of five tankards <clears throat> I don't know uh, if we meant to say that yet, or if that's till later. Whoops. <laughs> um, I did enjoy it. Um, the meaning behind it is very intense because it's about like the meaning of life and what you're going to do in your life, how to make your life meaningful. And I enjoyed that about it. And I really enjoyed. I really liked Toku. I thought she was my favourite character. Yeah. I found her very wise, very inspiring, but also very calm. Um, she was quite motherly towards Santaro and she was just while she was teaching him she was kind about it she wasn't getting angry at him when he was trying to learn about the pace she was just I, I really liked her um, and I liked their relationship mm. um, it very much reminded me a little bit of um, the book we read last week which is Celia's book about the whole life after a certain age if you know yeah. what I mean like her trying to not I don't know, like just keep living rather than having to just go in an old people's home and be like, that, that's it. Because I've hit 60, 70, I'm done. Mm. I liked that about it, that she was trying again, she was going again. I really liked that. Um, I did find it a bit repetitive. I'm, I'm sorry, Abby, don't hate me. <laughs> um, for a short book, I found it quite, not hard going, because it wasn't hard going, it was an easy read, but I just found it a bit like, I thought it would get to the point a bit quicker, if you know yeah, what I mean, yeah. and then dive into that point, like the whole meaning of life. I felt like when he was trying to understand the meaning of his life, it was very close towards the end, and I was a bit like, yeah. okay, maybe this could, should have come a bit sooner, for me anyway. Um, and I felt like after her... I don't, I don't know what, whether to say it, because obviously spoilers. <laughs> but towards the end of the book, yeah. it, was very, it was a sudden ending for me, if you know what I mean. Yes, it, it was unexpected, like, wasn't it? Yeah, or like maybe, I don't know, I kind of expected it because she's an older lady, but at the same time, boom, she's, you know, what? And then <laughs> that's the end of the book. I was a bit like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, do you know what I mean? I'm trying to say it was just a yeah, bit... Yeah, I do, I do. Um, and there was a lot of... The, it was very repetitive in the sense that when they were making the pace, it was very much right, I'm learning again, or I'm learning again, not getting it right, learning again, not getting it right. Um, and obviously with the owner coming to the shop yeah that was quite quite repetitive um i'm trying to think what else i put in my goodreads account about what i said <laughs> um <clears throat> because it was so intense because they're quite serious topics like suicide and the meaning of life like as i've already said i expected myself to feel 
like I, I expected to, to sob. <laughs> I expected to feel really intensely like emotional about it, but I didn't get that as much as I thought I was going to. Mm. You know what I mean? I do. Um, I think one of my favourite things about it, which was similar to Jim actually, was the spiritual element. There was a lot of spiritualness in about it, like with the seasons and talking to the trees. Loved that. How she was mm. like, just go and listen to the trees. I was all, I loved that. That was probably that and her, Toko as a character was my favourite bit about the book. Um, but I did enjoy it. It was definitely wasn't a bad book. Okay. So I would recommend um, it. I'll read um, Jim's uh, review that he sent in and we can, uh, uh, so we can have a look at that. Uh, Jim says, well, what a beautiful book. The structure of the book and the language the author uses give this book a poetic quality. I love the marking of the passage of time with the seasons of the cherry tree. And this is how, conscious, how I consciously observe the seasons by observing the trees around me. In fact, Jim says, I have several trees I consider close personal friends. Uh, the deep purpose in the characters uh, that they share in their pursuance of the meaning of life resonated quite deeply with him. And in a way, uh, the, the author handled the question of suicide he thought was very, very well done, beautifully done. Um, I believe we all at some point, no matter how fleeting, question the significance of our own being and the value of our existence. And the author has, through this book, given a beautiful suggestion of the answer to this question, one that has really touched me and will leave me with a lot of thinking to do. So that's Jim's um, uh, review. Um, and, and I echo quite a lot of that and some of the things that you talked about as well. When I first started to read the book, the way I, I would describe it to anybody, for me, is it felt like I was reading a melody. So there is a pace and a rhythm to this book that almost lulls you in. You can feel the rhythm of it as you, you're reading it. Um, and, I, and I don't know whether that is a, a Japanese thing. I, I don't know whether it's because he's a Japanese writer that you get that. Um, or whether it's just his particular writing style. Um, but I did, it, it really touched me, that bit. And I, it's one of those books where you, you start to read it and you think, gosh, this is simple. And then you stand back and think, actually, this is really, really deep layers because of the material that, that um, he, he talks about. So, um, so I think it's quite, uh, it's a complex book, but it's not difficult to read would be how I would describe it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it was just because the topics are so intense. Like, I've had my own issues with mental health and suicide. Like, <laughs> So I wondered whether actually what he was describing was somebody who, I mean, there was certainly, he, he did experience bouts of depression. You can tell that from the descriptions in the book. But, but one of the key things for me about about mental health, um, and certainly with, with this book, is that in some cases, not in all, but in some cases, um, it's very easy to find yourself in a downward spiral and get subsumed by, by events in your life. And you become overwhelmed with them because you're focusing on them and you're thinking about them all the time. And for me, what came out of this book is the moment he started to deal with his depression and to come out of that spiral was the moment he started to think of somebody else. Mm. So he started Rather than thinking of his own issues. He was yes, yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Instead of get you know getting dragged down by by his difficulties and his pain and and all of that, he started to think about her. And and this this older woman, um, and, and I don't think this is this is too. Um, I don't think this is a spoiler, but but essentially she's disfigured because she's had a disease. And and what this book explores is how having that disease made society treat her differently mm. and how unfair it was. And so it probably had an idea of maybe she's had it worse than I have. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah, he started to look at her and feel some sympathy and empathy with her. And so suddenly his problems were not insurmountable. They were still his problems, but they, they weren't insurmountable because 
she'd had worse and she'd come out the other end. I think that's it as well. I think it's because she had such a positive outlook on yeah. her situation, which I made him realise that he could also have a positive outlook on his. Like, mm. just because this has happened, just because you're in debt or you you feel so low in life, that doesn't mean it's the end. Like, with her, she could have easily thought she was at the end because she'd had this disease and she was shut off from society. But she didn't. She went out and looked for this job. She looked for something that makes her happy yes. and tried to keep moving forward, which is... I think that's why I enjoyed their relationship so much is because they were definitely crutches for each other in yeah. life, like yeah. helping each other and keeping each other going. And that's what I really... That's one thing I think the main thing I really enjoyed about it was that they were really moving each other forward. And it went across the generations, didn't it? Because he's much younger than she is. Yeah. And so you got this sense... An unlikely of... friendship. Yes, yeah, absolutely. But then, quite a way into the book, they introduce another young character who is younger than him. And you can almost see the relationship between him and Toku start to replay itself out with him and the younger girl. Yeah. In terms of having somebody that has been through things and who can guide and offer advice and not judge. And I just thought it was it was about the circle of life for me. What yeah, goes around comes around. Yeah. Yeah. And like like we said, like the, the whole discovering the meaning of life, like this young girl's going through it, then this middle aged person's going through it, and now the elderly lady's going through it, and then it will just all go back again, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and I and I think as well, it, it was some of the other stuff that it made me think about. Um and, and particularly nowadays, um, is the whole um idea about the way that people peers or friends that you might be with or just people that you live in the same community with um can be very quick to judge you without knowing all the facts oh yeah that really that really annoyed me um was the hot the way that they treated toku in the whole situation yeah. like i remember putting on the uh shelfing dungeons group chat i'm so annoyed at how people are treating her just because of her bloody fingers and it really bugged me because mm. Again, because of having experience of being judged because of being a bit different or whatever, it it really bugs me that they're not giving this lady a chance just because of her fingers. Like yeah. just, and the whole thing with the disease, like it's not even a thing anymore. Yet the whole the culture still sees it as just so disgusting that they can't even look at her. I just think it's awful. And that's really awful. But that's but that's what stereotyping does, isn't it? Stereotyping is a uh, is a why, and I think there are good stereotypes, and I think there are really bad stereotypes. But stereotypes is a way of making sense of lots of complex information by simply using a few common traits or a few common mm. elements um, to group people together. And this is a great example of how stereotypes can be very bad because very often negative stereotypes are not even based in the truth. Mm. They're based on rumour. And and I think if you look around at the moment with all of the nonsense that's going on over the last few years, you know, if it was if, if it was Brexit and then it was the pandemic and then it's the vaccines and all of this stuff. And, and what you realise is that if people automatically don't hold the same view or the view that you're expected to have, um, society nowadays is very quick to demonise you. Very much so, yeah. And it, that's a really troubling effect for me because, yeah. you know, it's fear. It's fear of the unknown. It's fear of being different. And at the end of the day, as soon as you give in to that fear, it becomes more powerful. And I think that that was the example with her. You know, the way they treated her and ostracised her and the community that she was with, um, it was just, it, they were terrified, with, but it had no basis in reality. Mm. It was rumour and it was assumptions that had made them like that. And yet yeah. that fear had taken over and it had affected her life essentially. Yeah. It had cut her off from everybody. Yeah, it was just people stuck in the past. Like it's, it seems, it's a lot like modern day, like the whole thing with, just everything people being different people being gay anything it's people stuck in the past who won't open their eyes to a modern culture where it's okay if you know mm. what I mean and it's not as bad as it seems 
you just need to just be a bit more open-minded that's yeah. what I got from it and it really yeah. really bugged me yeah I, was, no, I can I can say that especially from a woman who was so kind and just so open to everybody yet people weren't open to her that just and the fact that they still lived in that I can't pronounce the, the word I can't remember the word the, the, well let's just say the where they lived yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the fact that they were still shunned from society they still stayed yeah. there just because they probably wouldn't have been able to get housing or whatever in society it just I just thought it was really sad and very poignant like you say as of, of today I think that is something that I think will always be an, an important topic though yes I, there's always going to be something that someone doesn't agree with because it's different and that will always always happen yeah and at the moment it's the it's the issues that we're we're tackling at the moment but you know in 10 years time it'll be a different set of issues but it yeah. it will it, it will all, all always exist because unfairness does and people who judge will always exist yeah. for me the the humanity in the book was definitely her because what sort of person do you have to be or are you if you have had your life severely curtailed by the prejudices of other people and by the fear of other people how can you then turn the other cheek and be so kind yeah and it like, was, what does it take what happened to her to think you know what i'm just going to shut off from this and when did that happen because obviously yes. she's presented to us as an elderly lady yes so yeah. when, what, when did she get to that point where she was like you know what, i'm just not going to care like, mm. i wish i could be like that <laughs> We could all use a bit of that, couldn't we? Yeah, it, we could. And I think if, if you go through life where you have lots of those issues that present themselves, that, that level of adversity, you do have to get to that point. Because if you didn't, you'd just give up, wouldn't you? Yeah, of course. So and I think that's what he had to learn. Yeah. She taught him, essentially, to just not care. Like, not, not care is in the sense that you were just being cruel or whatever, but just to just not care about the silly little things that weren't yeah. going to get you anywhere positive in life. Yeah, that's absolutely. Mm. The other thing that I loved about this as well, now I have a bit of a bee in my bonnet about, about experts. So, so I think if you're an expert, I think that title should be earned because I think an expert is somebody who practices something over and over again to such a degree that they become expert. They become brilliant. For like 53 years, was it, maybe? And that's <laughs> She is an expert because she's had years to develop this sweet thing. Mean, do you mean about life or paste? Which one are you talking about? You know, I think <laughs> I think that they're both they're two sides of the same coin. Yeah. I think this is true in life, but I think he uses the sweet bean paste as a fantastic metaphor. Is it like a vehicle to get you to that point of exactly learned by life? Yeah. That's exactly. And what it made me realise was that I'm actually quite intolerant of people who stand up and call themselves an expert because they've done one, they've seen one, and they've taught one. Do you know? Yeah. You know those people who who have been doing it five minutes, but they say that they're the guru or the best at this or the best at that. And I just think to myself, you and um, you have no idea. And I think it's quite disrespectful to people who have put the timing to learn how to do something to an expert level, um, because I think it diminishes their effort. Mm. And I it really make. I was reading it and I was thinking, it really makes me cross that this woman was an expert. She's a craftswoman. You know, she's built this ability to make this fantastic confectionery over 50-odd years. Um, and yet there are people who just buy it out of a tin and shove it in a pastry case and expect, yeah. you know. But that's, that's like, as, as we've talked about before in this show, that's the 21st century want it like that kind of thing. Yeah. People yeah. can't be bothered to make the time and effort like Toku did. They yeah. just thought, oh, well, we'll get it in a can. It might not be as great, but I really can't be bothered. That's mm. That's society unfortunately in the minute because they just want things without effort don't they Which yeah so nice. it's that um what do they call instant gratification isn't it yeah they want that yeah. instant gratification yeah, yeah absolutely and and i wondered really whether that was um the shop owner's wife i thought she was a bit instant gratification yeah 100 percent, because she was just all about oh we're not getting the money so what's next yes what we're yeah. doing wrong kind of thing yeah. like she didn't make the effort with Toku to turn over the money. She was just like, nope, that's not working next. 
Yeah, yeah. And actually, there was a lack of of care for him. You know, he'd he'd been doing this. He'd kept this lot going. He was putting money into her coffers, so he was giving her a living. And yet, this man who was who'd obviously got a drink problem, she didn't think twice about turning it from a dessert shop into a shop that served alcohol. Yeah. And the 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 temptation or the effect that that might have had on him just didn't even. I thought that was really patronising. And you'd like that, wouldn't you? You'd love it to be. And I was thinking to myself, who do you think you are? Just because you own a shop, it doesn't mean to say that you're above him. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of that either. No, she was for me. She was the most disliked character in the book. Um, I felt quite uh, quite irritated by her. Yeah. Like he was trying as well. I think it, it was frustrating because he was trying to better himself and he was trying to better the paste and better the shop. Yeah. Yet it still wasn't enough. Obviously, you've got to understand that people are needing income. Yeah, fair enough. But she just, like you say, she just wanted it straight away and because she wasn't getting it. But, well, that's it. We're not doing that anymore. Yeah. 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 He's trying. Leave him alone. <laughs> I thought as well, one of the things that I loved about the book was there's um, a little bit in here about dreams and about the fact that um, if he's struggling with a problem, uh, he, he, and he is struggling with a problem, and he's trying to find an answer, and he's trying to do that practically while he's awake during the day, and he's really struggling, and yet the answer comes to him in a dream. And I think that that is, uh, it was a lovely way of describing what I believe dreams are. I think that dreams are your psyche, your subconscious. Telling um, you what to do. Telling you how to solve the problem. Like you already know, but you need a little bit of a a push kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. You might, when you're conscious, because everything else is coming at you, you don't always put two and two together and come up with four. Um, but in a dream state, you are more likely to do that. But you have to be open to it and you have to be able to interpret it. And um, and I thought that that was a really lovely way of writing that, the example that she gave. And it, it was the answer in the end. Yeah. Um, but you never really got a chance to find out whether he implemented it, did No. You? That was what another thing that bugged me a little bit. I've got some questions that I wrote down. Um, things that are unanswered. I felt like there was a lot of unanswered things. Um such as what was the meaning of life? Like it was something that was questioned, but there was no answers for him or answers for Toku, if you know what I mean. It was just like a question and then it was done, if you know what I mean. Well, as, as a reader then, as you, as you read it, Emily, did you, if I was to say to you, what do you think the meaning of his life was? What do you think it would be? Well, I'm not sure, but I would have liked to have seen what would he have done next? That's what I was going to lead to is what did he do next? But what is if you think about the if you think about his character arc, so where he started was very very different to where yeah. he ended. What do you oh, think yeah. he learned? You know, probably, through the relationship with her. Probably to stop actually questioning what his meaning of life was and to enjoy life. You're going yeah. to tell me that I've basically just answered the question of the book. So tonight. what, what <laughs> if that's the what if that's the if that's yeah. the yeah. meaning of life? Yeah. So for him, I think it was just I expected the next step. Like, well, where yeah. are you going to take it? A bit like when he, when he was discovering this whole salty idea. He never, we never actually found out whether that worked. No, I was no. like, I would like to have you to have found that out. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Rather than it just be not a cliffhanger, but a bit like sometimes things like that for me are a bit like, well, what's the point? If you're not going to give me an answer, or if you're not going to show me that it was for a reason, what was the point in it? Do you know what I mean? What if that's the meaning of life? What if the meaning of life is that you go through life? Some questions you get answered. Yeah, get answered. But actually, some you don't. And yeah. the meaning of life is learning to live with the ones that you don't yeah, get. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's a wow. very deep book, isn't it? It's well, now a, you said that. I didn't actually think of that next level bit. But, yeah, I know what you mean. It's a very deep book. Yeah. yeah. I just, those, that's what I loved about it. And when I said it, 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 there were lots of layers in it, that's what I meant, that you could, every time, because I, I was the same as you when I, as I was reading it, I'd got a list of questions in my head and thinking, where does that go? But then you start to think about those questions and you think, oh, my God, well, that fits in with that. Yeah. And so it, it was um, very cleverly written, I thought. I think that's probably the unfortunate side of being maybe a crime reader or 
like reading the things I like that we get answers towards the end don't yes we? the whole yeah, point why we read it is because we want to know an answer at the end whereas things like this they make you think for your own answer yeah they do and until someone says it like you just said it to me you thought actually that makes sense <laughs> yeah you know I mean? I'm not one for reading a meaning of life uh book so I suppose it's, it's a good thing to make you think yeah it, that's exactly it. Do you know, that's the thing I've, I've really, really loved about doing this show, that it's exposed me to genres I never would have read. I, you know, no. I would not have gone into a bookshop and picked that up and bought it. It's just no. it's so not my type of book that I would have been attracted to. And yet I, I can honestly say I think, I'm a, I think my life is richer having read it oh that's really nice yeah it's a very nice thing to say about a book isn't it because it makes you appreciate the efforts that someone's gone through to get that into your hands and to make you feel like that yeah 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 Um, i think i think you know it is it's one of the things that i hope we do with the show i'd really like to think that there are people out there listening who have been you know a len dayton fan or a harry potter fan or you know or a um celia ahern fan um all of their lives and that what we do by talking about the books that we do because they span all genres that somebody will go out and think do you know what today i'm gonna pick up something different something that i yeah. wouldn't normally read because it's in that is hidden a whole shed load of answers which you yeah. might never find otherwise yeah i as i said to you before we even started you know that, that's two weeks in a row now where i've read books i never would have even probably looked at yeah absolutely <laughs> Look at me go. I'm all <laughs> now i've got to say something as well about the cover of this book there's a few different ones isn't there I don't, have you seen have you looked at the others i have looked at the others i so like I've got, that I've got the this feature was the three people yeah that's, that's the one I've got. yeah but you know what if you look at it it's got it's got fold out covers on my version yeah well, my goodness, mate, when I do my next book, I'm going to have fold-out covers. Why? So you've because got another bookmark. built-in bookmarks. <laughs> so when you, when you anyway. roll, however many, you know, you can just slide that in and you never lose your place. Oh, and you don't idea. have the dog here a, a, a corner. I was chuffed to oh, be I look, yeah, I looked at the diff- the, all, all the different covers as well because on Goodreads, um, I don't know for anybody who uses Goodreads, you actually you can choose the edition that you're reading because obviously oh. some editions are longer, some are shorter, all that kind of stuff. And I looked, I, I scrolled through them, and the majority of them do have the young girl Toku and Centaro in it. What's the young girl's name? Mawaka or something? I can't quite remember what it was. No, and it was a nickname, wasn't it? Yeah. But yeah. I like how those three were in it. Although I did find it a little bit odd to some extent, only a little bit because she, the young girl wasn't in it so much. So I was like, why is she so significant to be on a cover? But then I suppose, like you say, it's the generation. I thought it was the circle of life stuff. I yeah, yeah. She's entering his life in the way that Toko entered his life. Yeah. But, yeah. but now he's the teacher is, is what yeah. it has. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, I thought that was absolutely fabulous. Um, Wakana is the girl's name. Wakana, yeah. Wakana, yeah. Uh, I've got a quote if you want me to read out this quote. Yeah, One on, of my favourite quotes quote. that I liked. I listened to the birds that visited Ten Showen and the insects, trees, grass, and flowers, to the wind, rain, and light, and you, the moon. I believe they all have voices. When I am in the woods and the world is there too, when I hear stars whispering at night, I feel part of the eternal flame of the eternal flow of time. I loved that. Yeah, loved absolutely. it. From a spiritual point of view, it's nice to just stand and just listen and appreciate the things in life, like looking at the moon, because I do that all the time. I love the moon, <laughs> and just appreciate these things, like listening to the trees. It's very grounding and very spiritual like me and Jim were talking about this book and we were like Toku's definitely a witch she's definitely got some pagan thing about her she's definitely like a, a spiritual teacher <laughs> but it is the thing you you talk you you refer to it as it's very grounding 
but essentially it's connecting you back to reality isn't it that's what it does oh yeah like from a world of phones and computers and stuff this book is is necessary for things like that because it's just look at what's around you stop looking at your phone and go out and listen to to the trees and the wind Mm. it's definitely necessary and it, one of the things that I thought that that it, it showed as well, uh, books like this tell you it's okay to be different and that, that you will come across people who are completely different to you through your life. But it just means that you're different. It doesn't mean that one's better than the other. And I thought that they don't have similarities because all three characters are very different, yet they're exactly. still connected. But I thought it was particularly telling when they describe about the young girls who go to the shop to to buy the sweets and the differences in the girls so some girls just want to um just want to rebel against their parents and and some are only interested in boys and then wakana is just she's completely different isn't she and it, it was lovely to see that difference and for her still to be okay because she knew she wasn't she wasn't the same as all the other girls um but it didn't bother her and she was strong enough to sort of stand up and say actually I am different and that's okay. Yeah I, I, I didn't get any issues from her really she seemed very carefree like I'm not bothered if I am a bit different if you know what I mean she's very strong for such a, a young person. Very young girl, yeah, so, yeah. yeah 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 strong-willed in how she is like and carefree I suppose. Yes yeah absolutely absolutely um, and well not just carefree but caring as well you know the way she um the way she wants to look after the injured bird the the bird yeah yeah it was was just lovely I thought yeah and the lengths she went to to do that yeah really really I liked how how they all looked after it like they all had a part to play like it was her turn then it was Santaro's turn then it was Toku's turn if you know what I mean like they all shared that although like say you've got this circle of life and one's teaching the other the other's teaching the other they were all learning this one thing together, like how should we look after this being, if you know what I mean. And again, that was quite a spiritual element, really, is because they're all learning how to look after other things, not just themselves, and the importance of that as well. Yeah, absolutely, because in in a culture where where essentially that injured bird was um, disposable, Mm. you know, if, if somebody else had picked that up, they would have taken the decision either just to leave it to die or or to wring its neck to put it out of its misery. But I suppose that's very reflective of the characters as well. Exactly. She's probably disposable because she was ill. Santara's disposable because he's a waste of space. The young girl's disposable because, oh, she's only young, who cares? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Oh, this is very deep, Wendy. I didn't and even think about these things. That, <laughs> that's what I meant when I was reading it. It was just, I'd, I'd read something and then there'd be a parallel over here that mirrored exactly that in something I'd read five pages before. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't know how, as an author, he managed to get that much complexity into a simple book. Well, that's just, what I mean. Yeah. Like it's, it's still really simple, isn't it? And it's quite short. And I never really thought about these things mm. until you say it out loud and talk to somebody else about it who's read it too. It, it's not something I've really thought of but then I don't know if that's because of my simple head <laughs> but no, no, yeah, I, it's like I, complex but easy going really. yeah and, and I do think I think that books um I think books can mean something to you if you read them at different times in your life yeah so I'm yeah, really looking forward to the to we're reading um Shadow of the Wind. Shadow of the Wind. In a of weeks. Yeah. Now, I haven't read that book for, you know, probably 12, maybe even 15 years. And I had a view of that book when I read it. It's going to be mm-hmm. interesting to see if that view changes no, when I read so. it again, having, you know, I'm now 15 years older, I've got more experience of life, I've been through shed loads of stuff. So will I view that book differently? And yeah, I'm really they t- life changes your understanding, doesn't it? And there are things that you probably missed before that you didn't take much notice of because maybe your younger self wasn't so interested in that, whereas your older self is. Yeah. Mm. I also feel like that with Harry Potter because <laughs> I've read Harry Potter since I was about nine and I've read it a few different times of my life and I've noticed things that I didn't notice before that my child self wouldn't have noticed. Yes, absolutely. It's, absolutely. it's very interesting 
thing to do is to reread things because you get different things out of it then don't you you do you absolutely do and and something like the harry potter books are absolutely classic because you can you can read those as a child and you can pick out the simplistic story you know good versus evil you know let's go on a quest Mm -hmm. you can you can get that if you're nine or ten or whatever but then if you read it as a young adult, what comes out of it is the relationships and the importance of the relationship. Mm-hmm. But then if you read it as an older adult, what you realise is actually how very dark they are. Yeah. And this whole stuff around um, around the evil that can um, that can occur and just what it takes to overcome that. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, I find that absolutely fascinating. And I do think people's view of literature would change depending on when they, when they read yeah. it in their lives. Yeah. yeah. Again, it's like Toku is a good example of that, isn't it? Like her attitude towards life is much calmer and much simpler than Santara's is because he's at a bit of an angry stage of his life where he's, so fed up mm. and depressed whereas she's taken the calm route so she's almost showing him that you don't have to be so angry but it takes time and life to to understand that and, and so. it's that um have you seen have you ever seen the karate kid films no okay so there's a, a really really famous film scene in the film where he's, he says he wants to learn how to do karate. And the old master who's going to teach him says, right, you know, and he throws him a couple of cloths and says, clean that car. And he said, no, no, I want to learn karate. And he said, yeah, that's it. He said, this is your exercise. Wax on, wax, wax off. off. Oh, that's where it's from. I that's where wax it's from. On, wax off. And what you realise and what the, what the young lad becomes aware of as he becomes expert at doing the karate is that actually what karate is about is control and it's about breathing and it's about rhythm and it's all of those things and there are those things present in the everyday tasks that you do. Mm. And it, it, that sort of, I just love that sort of profoundness because I think that's quite profound. Mm. If you look at something really simple and you suddenly realise there could be the meaning of life in that in that little task, yeah. suddenly you think, that's like, oh, what else don't I know? Yeah, it's like the, the meaning of life in taste. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that it's that, you know, to, to, to really excel at something. Um, and I, I think, what, what do they say? In order to be an expert at something, you need to do it. You need to do it. You need to do it consistently for five years. So that's sort of you need to be practicing um, how to do something between six and eight hours every day for five years, and then you're an expert. I can't remember the exact figure, um, but you realise that if you are going to invest that amount of time, of course you'll become good. At it. But yeah. what if you don't have the patience to do that? Or what if you give up before? It's that, really. So I wonder if the meaning of life is patience. Well, obviously, definitely, definitely part of it. <laughs> definitely part of it. I'm not too sure if I'd agree with the figures of when it takes time to become an expert, though. Because That's not you, the problem you can, I'll find them out. Oh, I know, yeah. Like, I'm just saying roughly. Like, who does? Yeah. Who would do that for eight hours, whatever it is, eight hours a day anyway? Like... Life gets in the way. Yeah, but have you, <laughs> if, if you've spoken to any musician, that's exactly what they do. I'm, I'm married to a guitarist. And when he was younger <laughs> and he was learning his craft, he was constantly, he would be constantly on his guitar. Oh, well, yeah, I suppose, yeah, yeah. And so although we, because we would say, well, that's like a day job. But it isn't because he used to come home from school and he'd start with his guitar and he'd go to bed at two o'clock in the morning. So he would put his six or eight hours in after school and stuff like that. But if you speak to any musician, in order to become expert, that level, that's exactly what they've done. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Can you imagine their eight hours over a hot stove? Oh, I know, I know. I must say... I really want to try the bloody sweet bean paste now. <laughs> I was reading it and I was like, I really want to try this. And I Googled it. I Googled trying to find places where you can get it. And you can actually buy them on Amazon. You can buy them as a packet. 
But I don't think they'll be as good as Toku's. Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) Isn't that the mark of a good book? That actually not only have you read something that you wouldn't have read before, but you were even going to go out and try the cuisine as well. I'm definitely up for trying it. Fantastic. <laughs> and you got any other questions then that the book sort of left your hand? Um, let me look at my list. Um, I, obviously, there was the meaning of the life, meaning of life one. Uh, what did you do with the sweet bean paste? Did he find the the level of sweet, sweet and salty? Um, hold on a minute. I'm just trying to find my review. Who do you have to be in order for our lives to be significant or important? Which is something oh, that wow. I know. This is something that I've had a bit of a personal battle with for such a long time. Because when I was younger, I actually wanted to go into the RAF. And for about five or six years, it was something that I was really, really striving to do. And through whatever this, that and the other things happening, it, it didn't happen. And I've always had this battle since then, which has been over 10 years. Have I failed? Did I fail because I didn't do that? So since then, I've always tried to find this thing of what do I have to do to be significant or important? Do I have to be famous? Do I have to be popular? What do I have to do to be important to make the life world move on? Do you know what I'm, what I'm saying? It's, I know exactly what you're saying. It's I something think. that I have a bit of a, a, a struggle with because... I'm a bit of a wimp <laughs> and I find it hard when people don't like me because I always strive to try and be nice and trying yeah. to be friendly and that's something that makes that I struggle with um, to make me think well that means I'm significant or that's why I'm important is because I've made people happy. So you know I don't me. really I don't really know you very well at all do I? I'm Only just through here. I, no. <laughs> oh, so we've, we've I mean we've never really met we've never met you. No before. we've never met you in person. We've, we've, still we've only seen. worked over the last yeah. But I would say just from looking at you and looking at you, what you post on on social media and everything, all you need to know in terms of how significant you are, ask your other half if you're significant. Oh, God. I'm not too sure I'll get there. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, I know exactly what you get. You might be searching for something that's under your nose already. I know. It's, I don't know. It's this constant searching for, like, am I enough? Do I have an important role in life? Which is what I think Santara is going through. Like, yeah, he is. He all is. I do, all I'm doing is running a shop. Is that enough? Is yeah. is that moving life forward? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's something I'm always trying to to deal with. But, so but partly, what what if what if society is is pushing you down a wrong track? So society is very very good at lauding the effort of astronauts singers people who appear in films um yeah. you know all of that stuff um and yet one of the things that we learned over the last pandemic is that to be significant all you need is a nurse's uniform yeah all you need is to be able to drive you know really important supplies to your local supermarket Mm. Or all you need to be significant is to be the person who nick next door and check your neighbours, okay? Yeah. It, it, it's about our definition of what significant is. And for me, this book is a classic example of that. It gets rid of all the smoke and mirrors about the cult of celebrity that we're in. And it says you can be significant if you're making pastries and you've got a bit of a drinking problem. It's all good significant. Because yeah. he was significant to Toko. He made sure that that her older years were enjoyable and fulfilling. And she had somebody to pass her knowledge down to that would make her life worth living. Yeah. So, you know, even though he got a drink problem, it was significant to her. I think that was an important thing as well, is that it like you said you don't need all the smoke and mirrors to be significant, whereas he was significant to one person, yeah. two if you include the young girl as well. Yeah, yeah. And those two people, he he changed their lives, yeah. like Toku changed his. And that's enough. Oh, that's God, absolutely. I've made, I've made a really good purpose in life. Yeah. God, I feel like I'm going to cry. <laughs> but it's right, isn't it? 
if you, if you are significant, if you are put on this earth and you touch one other human being, you are significant. Yeah. There's no two ways about it. You've made a difference on their life, on exactly. the way they think, on the way they breathe. Yeah. That's what this book is about. You know, again, another meaning of life. If you want to be significant, don't get absorbed in yourself. Have a look around and see if you can help because that's yeah. more significant than anything else. Yeah. Fantastic. I just thought for that reason, I just thought it was a brilliant, brilliant book. Yeah. I feel like I maybe need to add another tankard on. <laughs> well, I have to say, oh. to get all of this out of a book, which is essentially... It's only just 200, isn't it? 213 pages yeah. long it is. So I didn't know how long it was because I was reading it on my Kindle. But mm. I don't know about other people who are listening, whether they have Kindles, but on Kindles, you'll know, Wendy... Does that you can have a timer on the bottom? Yes, yeah. Like it times how long you read, and if you read yeah. consistently, it says, "Oh, you've got however long in this book." And it said two hours. I was like, two hours? I can't read just two hours. I didn't realize it was so short. And then yeah. obviously I googled it and looked. And I was like, bloody hell! So much intensity yeah. in such a short space of time, or short number. Very, very well written. Very clever. Well, here's, here's something else that will blow your mind then. There will be people who, and you've only got to go on Goodreads to say this, there will be people who've read this book who think it's rubbish. Yeah. Well, what, what what's that about then? Because <laughs> they're reading the same book that we've read. I think it depends, like you say, it depends on your time of life. It depends what you're after. Like, I, I suppose I can fall under the trap of, if there's not a lot going on in a book, if there's not a lot going on in the events or actions, sometimes I, I will admit I can fall into that trap of, well, this is a little bit dull because there's nothing going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you know what I mean. So that's probably going to be a lot of big reason why people wouldn't think it's because any good. It's not because an people action don't action use, action. they don't think about the point, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I get that. This is Which not. I, I, I'll be honest, I could fall under because even I said I only gave it three. Mm. And I felt found it a bit of a drag at times because there was just a repetitive making paste. But it just goes to show as well what a difference it does by talking to somebody about it but to open up these ideas that you didn't think of. Yeah. To be like, actually, that makes sense. <laughs> if, if, what you realise as well <laughs> is that reading isn't a solitary activity, is it? It's something that you do. So you will sit with a book and I'll sit with a book and we'll read. And that bit of it is a solitary experience. But if you yeah. want reading to really, if you if you do reading, you know, for its full octane, you get so much more out of it if you talk mm -hmm. about what you've read with other people. Yeah, because it open up. It definitely opens up my views because I, I don't know. Sometimes I think I can be a bit harsh, and sometimes when I talk to you and Jim about it, you've made me think actually it's not that bad. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> and it definitely opens you up to other things and. If I didn't understand something, you could probably help me figure it out, or vice versa. Yeah, if you yeah. know what I mean, like the whole meaning of life thing. Like, I was a bit like, well, what's the point? Where was his meaning of life? And you explained where it could be in the book. So talking yeah. about it definitely has it makes a difference. But again, what you what's so lovely about the what we do here and and, and shelf indulgence is that I've just given you my view. There could be twenty-seven people that read that. Oh, yeah. You might get twenty-nine different views, mightn't you? Yeah. Um, because it's about the way that individuals interpret them. You see what I, you want to say, Ray. Really. Yeah, I definitely. For me, I definitely got the whole spiritual element because that's me. Yeah. Like you say, yeah. because of what you like and what you do, or what how you think, that'll definitely have an element of what comes out of it. But yeah. that's a, we. I think we've talked about this before. Like when you have a book, I think we talked about it last week with Celia. Is that yeah just because you've written it in a certain way doesn't mean to say someone's going to read it and get the same thing like art you'll never feel the same thing yeah because that's the beauty of it it is it is and that's you know that will always be the case we have the freedom of choice to interpret things as we would want to interpret yeah. them um and that's why you get so you know that's why goodreads and and amazon reviews exist you know, you can take a single book and there'll be people who give it a one and there'll be people who where five stars isn't enough um, mm -hmm. because they're reading part of themselves into it, which is part of the fun of reading, really. Yeah. And it's definitely 100% of the fun of reviewing. Oh, yeah, of course. Disgusting. 
Is this? A, can we can we discuss spoiler alerty things now? We're past. Okay. Yes. Yeah, do our spoiler alert then. So um, if you don't, if you are going to read the book and you don't want to hear any spoilers, um, can we uh, can we ask you respectfully to stop listening now? Um, <laughs> and if you are not going to read the book and you want to hear uh, the rest of the conversation, we've just got about um, just under 10 minutes to go, um, then uh, carry on listening. So that's the spoiler alert done, Emily. Stop Even though I think we've kind of already done it, I kind of accidentally said it but didn't say it. Her death was very sudden for me. Yes. Yeah. Um, it didn't hit me to the point where I was, like I said, I didn't sob, which is what I expected. But I think it was because it was so sudden. And then it just ended. It was a bit random. Although I did enjoy the ending where they got to they got to have their time of grief in her home. Yes, yeah. Um, and that other lady, again, I can't remember her name. I thought she was a bit savage. Yes. Like saying things like, oh, she always says, listen to the trees. I was a bit like, has to respect, man. She's dead. <laughs> she was a bit a bit rough around the edges. I mean, she was nice, don't get me wrong, but it was just a bit sudden for me. Yeah. And then it just ended. I was a bit like, oh. I'll tell you what the, the other lady did for me, her friend, um, was that when you get to a certain age, when, when, when people get quite old, um, lots of the niceties go out of the window because they think I've got to this age and I've suffered fools all my life. Do you know what? I'm too old to be doing this anymore. Oh, I've, I've got so many experiences of old people thinking they can say what they think. Yeah, then... yeah. And I just think that it was a bit, there was a little bit of that in that, you know, it, she was just, she was so matter of fact about it. And I wondered whether you're more likely to be matter of fact the closer you get to that possibility. So yeah. when you're 20 or when you're 30, you don't think about when you're going to die, do you? Because it's like years and years and years into the future. But let me tell you, I've just had my 61st birthday and you do start to think about it. If it's any consolation, you don't look 61. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> but, you know, and I did, wow. I got that sense, the older character in the book, do you know what? She just thinks to herself, that could be me tomorrow. And, and it, so it, it was... Let's not waste time beating around the book. Exactly. Everybody's got a friend. Everybody's yeah. got a friend, haven't they, that just says it out of the thing and it just makes you go, but you just accept it because you know it's them. And they're probably not being mean. They're just That's very... Right. Yeah. I just thought, oh, she always says she doesn't listen to the trees. Just ignore that. I was a bit like... No, that's what I liked about it. I liked the whole... And, and, and in a way, you can really appreciate that sort of humour. Um, I had uh, I had an, an aunt who was I was absolutely devoted to, and she was very much like that. She lived till she was 93, and um, she was very, very much like that. And she had this really cutting humour that she would give out. And, and if, he, if she was a younger person, people would have thought it was highly inappropriate. But because it came from her, actually, it was really I funny. let her get away with it, yeah. Absolutely. And I remember yeah. sitting in her living room once and the Meals on Wheels lady came and she really hated being that dependent and having to have meals on wheels because she was a fantastic cook. But when she got to 90, she couldn't she couldn't manage to do that for herself. And as this lady came in, she was a really chipper lady from the church and used to come in and say, you know, hello and everything. And she said she told her what she'd got for dinner. And as she was walking out through the living room, um, my aunt said under her breath, she said, thanks very much. And then as an aside, she said, you know, she said, I'd rather get shot than poisoned. <laughs> Which just looked, I just collapsed at that. And Old it, people, man, they're just... They're just thumbs huh? out. There's no yeah. filter. Yeah. Um, and I thought that that uh, Taku's older friend was a bit like that. No yeah. Just comes out as it yeah, is. Yeah, my nan was a bit like that. She used to say things. She used to think, nan, you can't say things like that. Like, look, obviously, you know him, so you, you're just like, whatever. But then... She used to say things to strangers and I'd be like, oh, my God. Yeah, I know, I know, yeah. <laughs> but I, I used to look after older people because I used to work in an elderly care home and the things I used to come out with at me, yeah. because I was always different. I mean, don't get wrong, I loved it a bit, so we got on really well, considering. I used to think they'd hate me, but we got on really well. And I used to have blokes who'd say, like, you look, like, really manly with tattoos, you know, and you'd just be like... <laughs> you really just say <laughs> Whatever, that. yeah, but you just used to learn to just think, 
just whatever because they just say it do you know what I mean and they, oh. they didn't mean it nastily but you'd just be like you can't say that but, <laughs> but the, like, yes, when I can. you realise when you listen to stuff like that and to a degree when you read some of the stuff particularly about how they have treated her because what we can also say in the spoilers mm. now is that the disease that she had was Hansen's disease which is leprosy yeah and so leprosy is a wicked, wicked disease in terms of what yeah, it is. I mean, I must admit, I don't know a huge amount about it. All I know is like what you've already said, and that's the whole stigma of the fact that everyone just turns away and they're disgusted by it. Yeah. That's all I ever know. I don't know what it's, I didn't know it was called Hansen's disease. I didn't know where it originated from. But I've, I've um, what was that book called? That one by Stuart Turton, the one on the ship. There was a yeah. leper a leper if you like on that and they were all disgusted by him and stuff like that that's all I've ever known and it made me sad to think that I'm also the same that that's all I've ever known but you know it, it was it's not that long ago when we had a modern day equivalent of that and people with AIDS were treated in exactly the same oh yeah 100% you it's know. just awful isn't it it's awful that this stigma has been the is it's turned into Chinese whispers Yes, and it's made yes. people's lives like Toku and anybody who lived with AIDS like pretty much like hell, really, because they've just been so disowned and treated so terribly. And I think for me, what came out of this isn't, you know, most people can deal with the with the comments or with the discrimination and stuff. But what goes with this is the way to deal with it is to socially isolate somebody. And she talks in here about what they did if people broke the rules. One of the things that I found really difficult to read was she said that there were isolation cells in the place where they lived. And eventually what they would do is if you broke the rules, they would just put you in isolation. Mm-hmm. And she said they'd turn all of the lights off and you'd be on your own and you'd, you'd see nobody, you'd not have any contact with anybody. And she said people used to die on their own. Yeah, yeah. I it, didn't... That was really, really... Yeah, it was really, really sad. I agree like, at that bit. Um, and a bit before, I would have. I didn't guess the leprosy thing. Mm. I wondered if she was in a mental home. I mm. wondered if there was some... Because she was, like, with the whole isolation thing, I got a lot of mental health issues like where people have diseases that people like personality disorders things like that that have before were just oh well you're not so let's just shove you in a in a mental home I was I thought it was going to be that so obviously when it was the leprosy thing it was new to me Mm. Mm. but just very sad yeah absolutely absolutely but but given all of that and knowing that it is sad in the end because Toku does does pass away in the end what what you the message that I think you need to take from this book is that life goes on. Yeah, we're all here for a short time, um, and the one thing you know, what do they say? There's two things that are certain in life: death and taxes. Yeah, and um, and so for him, you know, uh, his life will go on. Karna's um, yeah. life will go on, and people will come after them as well. So it's that continuance. But it's the mark that you make while you're here that's important. And yeah. Toku touched his life. Even in that last 12 months, she turned his life around. 100%. This is, again, the, the whole question of what, what makes you significant. Yeah, the absolutely. She's, she was, her life was significant because she changed this man's life. Yeah, she did. Just by showing him how to make paste. <laughs> so we need to give some marks, don't we? Um, so Jim has given the book four and a half tankards. Um, you had originally given it a score. Are you still going to stick with that score? No, I'll give it a four. I'll okay. give it a four. I'm definitely giving it a four. I thought it was lovely. I really enjoyed it. So, um, so I'm not quite sure where it is on the leaderboard, but it's a high scorer. So that's going to be about 4.2, I would think, as an average. Yeah, so it changed now a bit, but yeah. yeah, I think it's up there definitely. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we commend um, sweet bean paste to you if you want a quick and easy read. Uh, that will make you think for weeks and weeks afterwards, then this is your book. So we hope that you can join us for next week. Until next week, happy reading, and we hope you try Sweet Bean Paste. Thanks very much. Let's go for the meaning of life. Absolutely. (laughs) Cheers. Bye, everybody.
This show is part of Microbrew Radio, Burton on Trent's community radio station. You can hear this and plenty of other shows over on microbrewradio.com. Find our app on the iOS or Android stores, or just say Alexa, play Microbrew Radio. And if you like what you hear, please let us know on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Thanks. <laughs>